what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast. I am Felicia Baird, and I will be chatting with social entrepreneurs and other inspirational people around the world about all things lifestyle, business, and how they're giving back to the communities around them all at the same time. I hope you guys are all buckled in, and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the It's Not About You podcast today. Today, we are talking to the amazing Laura Bai, and she founded Save Our Scruff. Save Our Scruff is a nonprofit organization that helps transport dogs from all over the world and foster them here in Toronto. So, um, or anywhere in the GTA, not just Toronto, sorry, but she is really freaking amazing and she is real raw, funny, and you're going to really love her. She has such a strong head on her shoulders when it comes to entrepreneurship. If you are struggling with your business and you don't know why you got into it in the first place or opposite to that, if you are struggling with people seeing your vision on why you're doing what you're doing, this she's so great she is what I needed to hear right now and she I don't know I just she just has this magic about her when I first had the idea of doing this podcast and the concept of interviewing really cool people she's definitely one of the first people that I thought of and um, I'm so happy to say that she was one of the first people to reach out to me and respond to my emails about getting on the podcast because she's just so great and she did not disappoint and you're going to love her so if you love this podcast and you love what I'm talking about please rate and review me on iTunes because that is where I can start moving on up the charts would love to hear your feedback and everything that comes with it thank you again for listening and I hope you enjoy Laura bye bye Love it. Love a good hands-free. Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> okay, we're good. We're good. Awesome. Well, happy new year. Yes, happy new year. How's it, it been so far? No, it's the third day. How's your three days been? Um, Honestly, just like every other day. <laughs> I don't feel like any different. I'm not like really big on New Year's and um, I, I'm not much of a goal setter either. Like, I mean, I set goals kind of in my head whenever I want to whenever I'm like I want to get this done but I'm not like okay new year new me never really been that type yeah I usually I am I catch myself doing it every year but this year I'm like what's the point there's no yeah like just keep working hard and doing what you're doing exactly I mean like if you're in a good place I'm I'm sure a lot of people could do with goals and depending on your personality and how you work like you know they're not they are definitely for some people but um, I don't know. Maybe that's totally an excuse too for like not setting goals and not doing anything bigger or better. But uh, who knows? You kind of seem like you're doing something pretty big though. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I didn't set any goals though to, to to do that. So maybe they're like that's not my thing. How long is um? How long have you been doing Save Our Scruffs? Um, it's save our, it's save our scruff. No S on the end, just by the way. <laughs> no, save, sorry. Save our scruff. <laughs> okay. People say that all the time. Um, and I honestly don't even know, like as bad as that sounds, I'm going to say like, it's almost been four years or maybe a little bit more. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the day that like I started my own like little Facebook group because I would say that's kind of, you know, the day that I was like, boom, we're in, we're doing something bigger, better, whatever. Um, I wish I could like go into my Facebook and see when I started it. I probably could. 
Yeah, but, um, see what your yeah. very first post was. Yeah, so I'm going to do that while we're talking because now I'm curious. Because <laughs> people always ask me this question, and I'm like, I should really know the answer to this. It makes me look very unorganized. However, that is who I am, so maybe we'll leave it as is. Let's see. <laughs> um, so you just started with a Facebook group, and bam, four years later. Yeah, I started with a Facebook group and Instagram. Um, honestly, I think my actually my Instagram was probably more what I was focused on just because Instagram at that time was like really, really cool. Whereas Facebook had been mm -hmm. around for, for a little bit longer. So I would say Instagram first, but Facebook kind of allowed you to put more things up, up there and like organize them in different ways. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. I'm playing around with Facebook business page now and it's, it's got a lot of things. It's, it's, oh booming. yeah. Yeah. There's a lot on there for sure. Um, so what were you doing before Saver Scruffs then? Um, I was, Working with another rescue, actually, I was volunteering with another rescue, um, and then I was just bartending um, to like live my life. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> living your best life. Living my best life. <laughs> Amazing. And so, the volunteering with the rescue made you want to start Save Our Scruff. Yeah. So, what really happened was I started volunteering for rescue as a foster, um, but my like addictive, controlling personality kind of, you know, saw what they were doing not well and wanting to capitalize or, you know, make things better. So, and, and the woman that I was working with kind of t trusted me and allowed me to take over, um, I, you know, organization and, and whatever wasn't really her skills. And I don't think they were really mine either, but they kind of made me work on them very quickly and was like, if you want to do this well, you're going to have to, you know, do it this way. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took over the other rescue, um, in, in regards to like, adoptions, fostering, um, events, even like I was kind of like the face in a sense. Um, and then eventually I just realized, you know, as much as I was doing a lot of great work with them, I was still held back because she didn't do some of the things that I wanted to be doing. She wasn't, um, capitalizing on certain things and there's just, you know, damage control with, um, working with someone that isn't maybe as really great with people. So kind of having to step in and be like a mediator a lot of the time. And I was like, okay, I'm already doing all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm already working my ass off. And, you know, I, I, and now I have these skills. I might as well take myself out of it, make sure all the dogs are safe, of course. Um, and just, and start my own, my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what did you do that was differently, um, from what they were doing? Um, I think at the beginning it was, I started doing more international rescue. Um, I, when I was working with the other rescue, I kind of started connecting with people all over the world, mostly in Mexico or Dominican. Um, and, and was kind of interested in what everyone else was doing on those, on those ends. Um, and just because of the size of the other rescue, um, it wasn't really a possibility to take advantage of flights or send down donations or whatever. So I just wanted to work with different people. Um, and I wanted, I, you know, I created such a close knit community of, of people and volunteers that I wanted to use that to our benefit because, you know, when people are part of something, you have a little crew going, mm -hmm. everything runs smooth, more smoothly and everything is a lot more fun. So, um, yeah, I just kind of use that to the, to my benefit and went from there. Did you start on your own? Yes. Wow. Yes. I had, I mean, like I, I don't want to say I ever did anything on my own because I don't like to give myself that credit. I had, you know, the fosters that I was working with while I was, um, 
volunteering with the other rescue that kind of came along to work with me. The other rescue ended up kind of folding and didn't really go anywhere. So I, I, I kind of took on those animals, made sure they got adopted out. Um, and then the, the fosters and whatever that I had accumulated during my time there kind of followed and, and ended up working with me eventually. So I was never alone, but like, I guess on an organizational like side of things, like I was the one in charge. I was, you know, dishing out all responsibilities and handling all the animals coming in. And, and obviously like the money financial side of things was on my credit cards. So oh my gosh, I, could imagine. I guess that, that would be my responsibility. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could just like racking it up. <laughs> Yeah, I had maxed out like by before we were became like I don't know, I don't know how I want to say successful because that word is it can be taken so many different ways, but before I had my my shit together, um I definitely maxed out like three credit cards, you know, by that by that time without even considering that it might be a problem. <laughs> it's just like, well, what are you going to do? Like I'm doing good, you know, I'm doing things something that's making a difference. So I'm not going to like I was just so obsessed with what I was doing and addicted to it. And I don't even want to say it was healthy all the time. It was just, I loved what I was doing. And even it was like, when can I work with the next animal? When do I find the next adopter? Like, I just loved it. But yeah, then I realized, okay, Laura, like you don't really have a home and you don't have a job and you don't have money, but <laughs> oops, like how do you go backwards? You can't. So you just had to keep going forward. That's yeah, I, amazing. And I totally did. Yeah. Yeah. So you just had this bigger goal in mind and you just kept working towards it. I don't even want to say goal. I just, there was no end for me. I just was like, what is next? I, I didn't think about the failure or the, or what was going to stop me. I just was like, okay, on to the next day, on to the next problem. I like to fix things. I like to, you know, when there's a task at hand that I know how to fix and I have the skills to fix, I'm like, boom, done. We're good. So, and that's kind of how I looked at it. And the, the issue for me was never that I didn't have any money, maybe because I'm very bad with money, <laughs> but it, it definitely worked in my favor in this case. Right. So, and, and all the dogs favors and, and the adopters and whatnot. That's awesome. Taking a step mm -hmm. away from save our scruff for a minute. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that with other people that are just constantly like Laura, Laura? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was hard for sure because it's not like I got into rescue because I had a f bunch of friends that had the same, um, interest as me. I didn't, you know, I wasn't like, I didn't fall into a place where my friends are fostering and I'm like, Oh my God, get me involved. It was, I was kind of very much on my own and I didn't really know what I was doing. And I didn't really know much about rescue. I didn't know much about the need for, you know, getting dogs out of shelters or off the streets. Like I was very, very green. And, um, I definitely looked and I don't like to use the word crazy, but I definitely looked a little crazy for a while because my life was, yeah, I live in an apartment with no furniture and nine dogs at a time running around and, you know, it wasn't really glamorous. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty, but it was, it, I was, I worked well in that chaos. Like it didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of my best friends, like I, we always bring this up whenever we go away, like drinking, we're like, oh my God, remember that time? Um, I remember she came over one day, she brought like wine and sushi and she walked into my apartment and there was like keypads and probably like dog pee, like in little corners that I had missed <laughs> and like nine dogs running around at, like I had, I had one dog that was like very, a not dog social in one room. And, um, I had 
a bunch of Egypt dogs that I had just gotten in. And she's like, Laura, what the hell? Wow. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, we need to have an intervention, you know? And I was like, <laughs> and, and in my head, I'm like, I don't take this seriously. Like, sure, whatever, I'll stop. And I think for a minute, I honestly believed that I would stop. I was like, okay, yeah, like, I see how this may not be the best, like, you know, for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it, I then found myself like, I don't want to say lying to her, but just kind of not bringing up what I was doing. Like, I think it slowed me down, but it didn't for like a week, but it didn't, I didn't definitely didn't stop. So, um, yeah, it was hard. And even to this day, like, you know, when I talk to people that understand rescue and are, are, are animal advocates or whatnot, they're like, yeah, high five. Great. But then there's people out there that, that that's not, that's not for them and that's fine. Um, but then they look at me like, you know, what are you doing with your time? You know, what are you doing with your money? What are you doing? It's that they don't get it. And, and I mean, I'm definitely here to change people's minds, but I'm also not here to force my, my views or opinions on anybody either. So Mm -hmm. I, I think, yeah, it depends on the crew you're with, or it depends on like where you are in the world, because some people take what we're doing really well and some people are just kind of like okay next so it's so strange because i'm such a dog lover that what you're doing Mm -hmm. is i mean i find that what you're doing should be most people's (laughs) dream goals but i mean like that's what we're getting at (laughs) that's what we're going with and hopefully eventually but um yeah everyone has their own you know pocket of what makes them happier what they're passionate about and i mean if you're doing something within that world that i think that's awesome yeah Um, totally i agree yeah Awesome. So when you started Save Our Scruffs then, Scruff, sorry, um, (laughs) how did you, how did you go when you didn't know what you were doing? Like how, how did you start bringing nine dogs over? And I'm sure you brought more over at at a time. Yeah. Um, well I did. So when I worked with this other smaller rescue, um, the woman was bringing dogs over from like LA and New York. So I kind of got a sense of like what it was like to pick up a dog from an airport what, what shape they were in, then working with the fosters and, you know, making sure that everyone's supported and has the help that they need and has the food that they need ahead of time. So that stuff wasn't foreign to me when I had um, began or begun, safer, like, working on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but to be honest, like, I just started making really great connections. So I made an amazing connection in Mexico who with a woman named Pam who just knew what she was doing. She was definitely and is definitely a veteran in the, the rescue world. Um, and she like laid things out for me, made them very simple, although they were complicated and, and they could be really messy. Um, I was able to kind of, she was able to break them down for me and say, this is what needs to be done. This is what I'll do on my side for you. And this is what you do on your side. And then, you know, dogs are in your care and they're safe. And it just kind of started like that. And, you know, I was starting to reach out to other countries when I realized I could capitalize on, um, folks like flying back and forth from different places like Mm -hmm. especially like you know tourist spots um so it started like that but then eventually our name you know people started to know save our scruff and started reaching out to me and that was kind of cool like oh my gosh laura can you take dogs from this place like whatever and that was that's kind of when you know that you're making a difference people start like like looking out for you and they want to work with you so that was kind of cool yeah totally so people would just be on vacation see a dog and then contact you and be like can i bring this dog home well, I mean, people do that now, and that's not always easy to work with, but it's more rescues in other countries. They would reach out to me and say, I heard from, about you from so-and-so, um, would love to, you know, work out a, a connection here or work out some sort of relationship so that we can start sending dogs to Toronto. So, yeah, yeah. that was cool. 
the rescue community is very is it's close-knit in the sense that i think a lot of people we all kind of know each other we all know kind of know each other's names but we all can find out each other's names if we want to like if we need someone working with a certain breed or a certain country or within a certain location in the gta or whatever we always kind of know where to go or we know the people to go get to to where we go I don't really know if that made sense, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, so eventually, you know, my name, I guess, got on that list and then people were reaching out to me and I was just like, yes, let's help. Let's get involved. Let's get working together. And, um, that's kind of how we started to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how many dogs have you brought over at once? Um, When, when I was working with a smaller rescue, we actually brought over like 56 dogs in a, in a big, um, like, I don't want to say U-Haul, whatever I think U-Haul, like those like truck carrier things. Oh my gosh. What oh, are they called? My. They drove? Yeah. They drove from the States and we've done a few, um, with Save Our Scruff where we've had like 25 dogs come in at a time from Texas. Mm-hmm. So the ground transports are obviously a little bit easier to bring in more animals, um, because they have more spaces for crates. Usually planes can take up to about five to seven dogs at a time. Wow. That's, mm-hmm. I thought that'd be able to take more, but I guess that other people have their animals too. Well, it's actually, usually it's five to seven animals per plane and then they go underneath with all your baggage. So there's only so much space, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So rewinding more, um, how did you know that that like working with rescues and stuff is what you wanted to do? I didn't. I had didn't. no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> no one knows. Yeah, I, I went to school for sports management and spa management, and I was, I mean, I didn't even want to be doing that at the time. But um, I was just playing. I was I was in school to play volleyball, so I was just like, what can I take that makes sense? <laughs> um, now looking back, I'm like, if I had taken vet tech or something that made any connection to rescue, would be awesome. But um, yeah, I don't really know. I, and as much as I, I, I always say now, I'm kind of like stuck here, which is not it's a bittersweet thing um i still am learning and i'm still you know perfecting my own skills as like a business owner if i can even say that without Mm -hmm. feeling comfortable um and as you know someone working with animals in regards to medical medical stuff or behavioral um also working with people working with volunteers and and whatnot like there's so many different aspects to the rescue so um i'm just kind of now like okay like what do what do I do now? Like I'm in the thick of it. So now is the best, like I need to learn. I need to kind of figure it out. Yeah. So would you say that you've just kind of been faking it till you make it, even though I really hate saying that? Yeah. Like I don't, when I, like, I think yes, if I, and I, I've kind of demeaned it like that in a while for a while, like fake it till you make it, whatever. But to be honest, like when I was faking it, I was doing it really, really well. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I was perfecting that skill when I was using it for the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm sure I, I can look back at things and maybe do them differently, but the amount of lo- learning and growth that I have gone through just by doing things the way that I have, I think has really shaped me and has shaped the rescue. So, um, yeah, I don't think I would take any of it back except for maybe like having more money to begin with <laughs> but, <laughs> investments. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, uh, when did you bring on your first, um, employee? Um, I was my first employee actually. And then I hired my sister, um, a few months ago. So now we have two paid people and about 800 volunteers. I know you guys. Oh my God. Your, your volunteer base is insane. 
Oh my gosh. They are so awesome. People like reach out to volunteer all the time. And I'm like, what makes you want to do this? Like, I, I guess I get it obviously because that was me at one point, but just seeing how many people are so excited to help out is like beyond me. Like I, and I always think we've reached like our limit, you know, I'm like, nobody else wants to help. We've, we've sucked all of the dog lovers out of this community, but there's always people emailing and wanting to get involved. It's crazy. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Toronto alone, you have so many, do you have like a lot in the GTA area? Yeah. I would say most are in Toronto and then we've got some spread out. We're, we're definitely growing now. We're working out of um, Hamilton as well. So we've got people out in Burlington and Catharines, Aldershot area. Um, but also people in like Scarborough, Brantford, Brampton, um, up north, stuff like that. Like we, we try to expand everywhere as long as it's convenient because our vet and, you know, for safety reasons, we want to have everyone in a smaller area, but at the same time, like we want to be able to adopt out to homes outside of the city where there's land and, you know, cause there's always different animals with different needs. So we kind of, we need to be broad in that sense. Mm-hmm. What's the vetting process like when someone wants to, um, adopt a dog, did they adopt it right from you or do you send it to a, a shelter? So dogs come in um, through Save Our Scrap either by tr- like ground transport or on flight or an owner surrender from Toronto. They go straight into foster care. Um, then our foster and our vet tech, they line up together. They find a date that works for them. Dog goes in for their first appointment um, in within Save Our Scrap. Like most of the dogs have been um, have seen a vet beforehand, like dogs in order to get over the border have to go see a vet. Mm -hmm. But we just, we kind of go over everything when they, when they get here. So our protocol consists of all dogs are spay neutered, of course, fully vaccinated, heartworm preventative, flea and tick preventative. Um, they get a fecal test done and am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. Yeah, that's about it. So when you bring over dogs that have like that need specific care or behavioral issues um what was it like when you got your first dog that was not um i don't know nice and needed to be trained okay so i'll bring out my first dog named kato um he was an owner surrender in the gta and um the owners had kind of touched on you know he's got a, a food a food garter he was possessive I'm like, okay, well, we'll, we'll make sure to put him somewhere that, um, they, they can handle him. It didn't work out. And, um, his issues were beyond what I knew how to work with. And, mm-hmm. um, it was my first taste of Laura, you don't know what you're doing. Um, and it, to be honest, it could have gone wrong. You know, like I'm very lucky in that for the most part, people are always safe. Dogs are always safe. Um, but you know, dogs are animals and they are, driven by depending on the dog fear or whatever dominance so um in this case i had nowhere for this dog to go and the owners that had surrendered him to me wanted to put him down and um i was not i would not stand for that so i had to set up a fundraiser i found a trainer that was willing to take him it was not cheap mm-hmm. and i you know just pled for, for is pled a word I didn't even know Pled's a word. I think I just made it up. <laughs> I didn't even notice but, that it wasn't until you <laughs> mentioned it. So, um, so anyways, I put out a fundraiser looking for, for money, for funds, for anything. And I remember um, I was at work at the bar, and I was, like, sneaking and checking on my phone on my GoFundMe page. And I had, like, raised, like, $250. And I remember I just started crying. And I was, like, 
holy crap, like people care, you know, mm -hmm. $250. And, um, it was like, I'm wonderful. I hate, I don't even want to, I don't even use that word. It's, that's a weird word to use, but it was wonderful to see that people gave a shit about what I was doing. People gave a shit about this dog. They didn't even know the dogs. Most people probably didn't even know me. Um, and I had raised $250 and I mean, $250 I'm telling you now is definitely not a lot of money, especially for a dog that needs behavioral work. But at the, at the time I was like, what? I haven't seen this kind of money before. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, he went into boarding. He was, he was there for months actually. And eventually found an amazing adopter, someone that's very, very, um, special. It, you know, it's hard to find adopters for some dogs that need very specific lifestyles or very, very, um, like stern boundaries, I guess. Mm -hmm. So if you know any, hook me up. I'm right here waiting for you guys. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that everyone? So, yeah. Um, we have an amazing, we work with a lot of amazing trainers now. Um, and so when we run into situations where a dog, you know, doesn't react well to a foster home or to another dog or to a human, we can definitely take care of the situation faster in terms of physically moving the dog to a safer place. However, funding is the hardest thing. People, it's really easy for people to want to, you know, see a picture of a dog that's unhealthy, it's sick, it needs help with oh. an amputation or a surgery mm -hmm. or whatever, and they will spend the money. But I am still looking for a way to get people interested and involved in wanting to rehab a behavioral case. Um, it's something that I believe really, really strongly in and I behavioral cases are my weakness um because these dogs aren't you know in the situation that they're in because of them something that they've done yeah exactly. you know and I it I, I'm just to me it's it's not a it's not a question of like do you deserve a second third or seventh chance it's like how do we get you that that chance and I'm not I'm realistic I understand and I realize that not every single dog can be saved and I don't ever say that I can save them all um, but that doesn't mean that we're not here to try and find that opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. I love so. that. I'm going through it right now with, uh, my boyfriend's dog. Um, mm -hmm. it's been quite a year, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It is so testing and it's really hard. And you know, there's not, there's an, there's an owner for every dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, if I don't know how to find them always, but we are, you know, we have to be very specific on, um, who adopts certain animals and we want to make sure everyone want to save, obviously. Of course. Yeah. You want them all above ground because like you said, it's not their fault. It's the owners yeah. or the environment or whatever they're yeah. in. Um, totally. so when you got your first dog, um, Kato and you realize mm -hmm. like crap, like I'm not equipped to deal with that. How did that feel when you, when you realize that I might be in, over my head a little bit? Um, like pure panic mode, like pure, what did you just do? Like, yeah, you know, and because uh, again, like as much as spending all my, the money on my credit cards that I didn't have was tough. It was, I could still do it. I still had a credit card. And <laughs> so when I didn't have a place for this dog to go and I didn't have a way to make this human safe that had the dog, that was a scary moment for me. And I didn't think that I could take the dog. I, I couldn't take the dog. I had no idea how to deal with the dog. I was scared of the dog. Um, and thankfully I did find someone who was able to hold on to him for a little bit before I, you know, had, had to find the trainer. But, um, yeah, during those, you know, first few days I was like, 
yeah, it was it was really scary. And it was it was that kind of that moment where you're like, oh, this is what people mean when they said, are you sure you can do this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> Did you find and, it more of a driving force for you or more? Was that like one of those, man, can I do this? Well, I don't think I ever consider failure as an option. Um, like I actually like just recently realized that that was never an option for me. Like, so I was speaking with a past partner of mine, like months and months ago, and we're talking about exactly this, like, you know, how did you just start this on your own organization? Like, were you not scared of failing? And I was like, what? And like in that moment, I realized that failing, failing was an option, but not for me. Like, you know, wait, wait, you mean like I was supposed to think that I might fail? And wow. I never, ever considered that. I didn't ever think, what if no one wants to adopt from Save Our Scrap? I never thought that. And so, like, I don't know if that's a weakness or if that's a skill. I'm still unsure. But, yeah, failure, I just, it's not really something that I think about. Um, it doesn't, it, I don't, I'm not driven by fear in that sense, I guess. Um, but it, with this, in this case, it was like, I have to fix this. There's no, I can't run away from this. I can't change my name. I can't like, you know, go to another country. Like this dog is my responsibility. I took it on. Like I told, I want this dog to live. What am I going to do? So yeah, I mean, panic, panic mode, I guess motivated me to get my ass in gear and reach out to as many connections as possible to figure out how to, to save this dog's life, I guess. Wow. That's super. I, I mean, I would consider that like a strong asset, aspect, um, a yeah. strong quality to have just because I feel like entrepreneurs in general kind of have a fear always about failing. And the fact that it didn't even cross your mind is pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I guess it is. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it, though, because I'm still like in my head, I'm like, but I'm not going to fail. Like we're here and we're doing great things. And how is this not going to be a success? You know, we're doing something that's making the world a better place for animals and for people. And I don't see how failure is a possibility. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. <laughs> Living your best life. Yep. <laughs> um, so how long, how long did you keep your bartending job until you were like, okay, I need to stop. I need to focus all my time on this. Ah, well, I actually got fired from my bartending job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it wasn't really up to me. Um, yeah, I got fired from two jobs specifically because I, not specifically, I mean, I, I, whatever. I was, you know, my, my mind was elsewhere and I was always on my phone. I was always, you know, working with animals. I was always, I, I was on call as I am now. Like when there's a problem, if somebody gets hurt, if a dog is missing, like I'm always on call and that's my priority. Um, so I mean, before things started going well, things got really bad. I lost my job. I didn't have a place to live. Um, I was about to move back to my parents' place, and things just weren't weren't great. Um, they weren't and mine. Yeah, and I was like, I was almost forced to stop, you know, what I was doing for a bit because I had to get my, my life together. Um, but I got very, very lucky, and I um, was connected with someone who wanted to also make a difference. And we were able to then, with her connections and her resources, turn Saber Scruff into something real. Like, you know, not just Laura with her head, like, half on putting together a rescue. Um, I had someone financially able to help us. And then um, my, my past executive director got on board, and she was just absolutely phenomenal. And 
organizing me and picking everything out of my brain and putting it on paper, which was really painful and really hard, um, and make really making something out of, you know, the what I had already been doing, but putting it down so that it made sense to everyone, so that more people wanted to get involved, so it looked like I had my shit together. So that came at like such a important time in my life because I was honestly a week into moving myself to Burlington where my parents live where I could not continue to do what I was doing so Mm -hmm. I got very lucky were your parents always supportive in what you were doing uh no (laughs) (laughs) um no like and from their side of things you know I I had no money I had no job I whenever I would go home I'd bring a a dog home where I was like don't look at the dog don't touch the dog he might eat you you know like what they didn't see the good I was doing. They only saw like me with nothing stressed out and like, you know, on the verge of tears all the time because I had a crazy dog that I couldn't handle and whatever. So they were like, you know, they weren't not for what I was doing. They just wanted me to be happy and wanted me to be healthy and they wanted me to have, you know, consistency and whatever. So, um, they actually came to my, we had a big gala in the winter and it was one of the, it was the first event that they ever came to. And, and um this it winter? was really yeah it was probably i think october i think and um yeah it was really nice it was really nice i did a speech and i cried and it was adorably annoying and my parents were crying and it was just Aww. kind of like okay like is this like that i made it moment like i don't know <laughs> um and you know then and we're not a very vocal family about like feelings or whatever, but they definitely find a way to make me feel like they're proud of me now. Um, and especially with my sister on board, you know, they're kind of like, Hey, our daughters are pretty rad. Of course. You know, yeah. They, they've got it together. Yeah. Yeah. It took them a while and that's okay. Like people don't have to buy into what Saber Scruff is all about right away. Um, and you know, they, everyone's allowed to, throw, everyone's allowed to have their own opinion and they definitely did. And, but now they, they see it now they see what we're doing is awesome and they definitely have our back. That's awesome. I, mm-hmm. that's what I meant when I, when I said, how did people feel? I guess I was mostly asking how your family felt with everything because mm, yeah. like they could be your biggest supporters, but also the biggest people that pressure you at the same time. Yes. Honestly, too, um, my sister and I, um, she's my executive director now, and she, her and I are very close. We talk all day, every day, um, frustratingly enough. But she, uh, like, I think with my parents, she also was like, what is my sister doing, you know? And, like, I'm a, I'm a pretty, like, impulsive, um, obnoxious human being. So if you don't actually, like, look into Save Our Scruff when I first started it, you don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I weren't close enough at the time where she was like, oh, my God, what's my big sister all about, blah, 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 blah. And one day this Egypt, I had my first ever Egypt transport. It was the day, the December 23rd, three years ago. And, um, I woke up so hungover and I had to go pick up seven dogs from the airport. And I was so hungover. And I was like, I can't drive. This is not safe. (laughs) So I called her and I called a volunteer of mine. And I was like, listen, I need to go to the airport. I don't trust myself behind the wheel. Can you meet me there? And then can this other volunteer pick me up? I'm so blessed. Oh my God, I've never said blessed ever. I'm so lucky <laughs> because they were on it and willing to help. Um, we got to the airport, picked up these seven dogs. And my sister, I think in that moment, really started to realize what I was doing. Um, we went back to my house. This is my house with no furniture. Um, we let these seven dogs out of their crates. They smelled terrible. They were in such rough shape. They were 
so skinny and just so, you know, like it was like very, just a, especially if you don't, if rescue is not something you're very heavily involved in, you're like, what the hell is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had organized for all these dogs to be picked up that day because, you know, Saber Scruff still to this day, we bring dogs in when we have fosters available. So I had seven people coming to pick up these dogs. By the end of the day, I had had one dog picked up because all other six of those people had ended up bailing on me. <sighs> Because either they didn't understand that it was that day or they just changed their mind because it was Christmas so soon. And so I'm there with now six Egypt dogs, a dog, a little like 12 from California. And then this, my dog, Bingo, who's actually our logo, um, at my place. And it's December 23rd. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And I was, I was broken. Like I was also really hungover, but I was like, I was I broke down, you know, like mm-hmm. I was like, how the, what am I going to do? And my sister couldn't stay the night. Like it was Christmas, you know? So I remember she went home and like a few days later, I couldn't go back to, for, I couldn't go home for Christmas. And I remember like we, we had like a Mandarin dinner. My, we do that like every year. Yeah. And my, my, my family was like FaceTiming me. And I remember, I remember, I don't cry often, but I was like crying, trying not to cry, but like showing my family, the dogs and being like, look how cute these dogs are. But in my head, I was like, Oh my God, help me. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was just so like not there. Um, and I think that that was the moment where my sister, I think realized what I was doing, the work I was putting in and that like, Hey, maybe, maybe her big sister was kind of pretty cool. Um, and she just jumped on board and she was amazing. She took over my social media. She, which, um, is something that I would definitely say is a huge reason for our success. Mm-hmm. Um, took over the social media cause I didn't have time to do it anymore, but you know, in order for dogs to get adopted or to get any funding or to get donations, we had to ha- get the word out there. So yeah, my sister jumped in there. Um, and that kind of just started us off on our, I don't know, like little duo, I guess. That's awesome. I don't know. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I was just thinking about this recently because it popped up on my like my news or my Facebook the memories. memories. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, this is adorable. Wow, things have changed. <laughs> That's three years ago. That was three years ago, yeah. Wow. And you guys have grown yeah. so much since then. Oh my goodness, yeah. So much. Like we I had probably we had only adopted out like maybe like twenty five dogs at that time. And we're at about a thousand now. How long do you think it takes for a turnover to happen? Sorry, excuse me. Um, when you okay. have a dog to when you get it adopted? Um, I think right now we're looking at like four to six weeks for adoption, mm-hmm. um, which I would like to be a little shorter. But Ooh. we we give the we give fosters two weeks to we give the fosters two weeks to, to settle in with their animal because we don't want to just adopt a dog out the second it gets here. Dogs need time to adjust. They need time to chill. They need to get to know the city. They need to get to know boundaries. Living in like, you know, in an elevator, elevator world. Yes. Stair, the stairs, like things like that. So we give them two weeks and then we put up, um, I think we send out a pup date. So they set, they fill out a bunch of questions. Um, and we, from there take that. And my sister, um, and sometimes another volunteer tailor of ours, they make up the bios that you'll see on our Instagram, which are, um, pretty thorough. And so that opens up the road for applications to come in for adoption. Um, and our adoption, our adoption um, protocol is definitely tedious, but we it needs to be that way. We want to, you know, these dogs, we put so much into getting these dogs here, so we need to make sure that they're safe. So I have um, the pup that I was telling you about. We had to get him so socialized to elevator elevator riding, and he, he 
was so bad. Like he, he still can't even be in an elevator with another dog. He'll go mm-hmm. absolutely mental. Like it's embarrassing mental. Um, yeah, I know so it's, it's totally embarrassing. It's totally embarrassing, but it's it's and it's a long road sometimes. But you just need to find the right person to work with you, so that you can understand what, why the dog's reacting the way that he is. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know it can be fear, it can be protection, it can be well, it can be a lot of things. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. Um, sorry, I feel like the phone call totally just like. Um, oh my god! Don't worry about it. So what, what advice would you give to anyone that's starting out any business? I'm sure you get this question all the time. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> all the time. Because it sounds like you're really strong-minded, and I think that people um, would love to hear just kind of anything that you – any advice you can give. Um, I feel like I should have an answer for this. <laughs> like people – like it's like when people say, what is Saber Scruff? I'm like, I don't even have an answer. Like that's terrible. Like that that is like business 101. Like know your, what you're selling. Um, people starting a business. I don't know. I want to say like – go in with it with no fear but I also don't want like I just I feel like I got very lucky yeah you know I worked my ass off but I got really lucky and uh, I don't know um can we come back to that yeah of course (laughs) okay cool do not Um, have an answer so when you started with save our scruff how did you how did you know that it was only going to be dogs did it ever cross your mind that maybe you would want to help other animals mm-hmm. I actually we I actually have like thought about possibly opening up a cat rescue on the side um just because oh I, lo- I also love cats I love all animals but um there's just so many like it's you can't just do dog and cat like it doesn't work like that you know there's so many different protocols because it, it, they, they're very different animals um and different kind of people want to get involved with with cats than with dogs so I thought about it I personally foster for a cat rescue. I foster rats and rodents and whatever. So at least like on that end, I'm feeling, I, I'm satisfied. I'm, I still feel like I'm helping. Hold up. But, um, you have dogs and cats and other rodents in your house all at the same time. Usually. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's busy. It is. I don't have any right now. So I have to say that cause I would be a liar if I said I, w- I did, but I always either have like a dog or a cat. Like I just had a litter of kittens. Um, and the mom here and they were, and then I had a great Dane <gasps> and then, yeah, I, I'm kind of always back and forth. I'm trying to take, to be completely honest, like my mental health right now, I, what I'm doing is I need to take space. I need to take space from working with the animals, um, like on a, on a daily basis. Like I, you know, I do my emails and I talk to people on the phone and I'm constantly working, but right now I don't have the patience and the like I need to fill my own glass before working with a dog that needs my my help so that's what I'm focusing on right now um but it during that time is when I sometimes fall foster cats um just because they're a little bit easier and they're more independent and there's not as much work involved because with dogs I'm always fostering behavioral issue dogs that need a lot of work which I'm cool to do and I have some of the skills to do those things um but it takes a lot out of me so if I'm not fully there um, then how can the dogs be fully there? Of course, yeah. So yeah. filling your own glass, I love that. Um, how did yes. you? How accessible is it for your business and the way you set it up for you to be able to step back and do something like that? Oh, totally. Like it's uh, it's not uh, it's not a bad thing. You could like we have forty open fosters. We have forty dogs in foster care at a time in Toronto. 
I'm not needed as a foster. If I wanted to take on a case, like if I were to foster, I would probably take, I would bring a case over from somewhere that I wouldn't otherwise do because it would be a special needs case. Mm-hmm. Like I would pick a dog that I know cannot go into another foster care or that we don't have an experienced foster care or foster for um, and take on. So in a sense, yes, like a dog, I hate to think of it this way, but a dog may suffer, may not be able to come to Canada or may not be able to come into our care because I'm not mentally capable of taking care of them right now. But I, I also know that in order for me to be able to help in the future, I need to take care of myself first. Of course. I love that. Yes. Very, very important. It is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, when you had going to switch, to, totally switch gears here. Have you ever gone yeah. on the ground and like flown places to, to pick up yes, these animals? <laughs> yes. I fly like once or twice or once, almost once, every, once a month, I would say every, wow. every other month at least, um, mostly to LA, New York, Dominican and Mexico is where I go. So I've been to the, like I lived in Dominican last year for like four months running an intake center. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had flown in and out of that country like seven times that year, last year, or not last year, I guess it was the year before now. Um, and so Mexico, they, I've so they know you by to. name. <laughs> they definitely do. They, I, I know them at the airport. Like they know, they know me. Stamp you. Um, yeah. And I go to Mexico often and then I go to LA. I'm going to LA next week and I was there a few weeks ago. And the thing is, I don't vacation. Like, I don't know how to vacation. It's not, like, a, a thing for me. So if I want to go somewhere, I just make it work-related. So I make sure I can meet with some rescues while I'm there, meet with some, like, volunteers that are working within other organizations, like, in that country. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm able to bring dogs home with me. So, yes, no flight ever goes unused when Laura Bai is flying. <laughs> <laughs> when you do vacation, do you are you constantly on the lookout for dogs? Like, I don't think I've ever been on vacation. <laughs> I know <laughs> oh one believes me, but I will say my sister and I booked a trip to Iceland in three weeks. Yeah, I did. Because it was 200 bucks, and I was like, how can I say no to this? And I've always wanted to go because I just want to stand in front of the Northern Lights and ball my eyes out uh, because they're probably going to be so beautiful. The dream. Um, but I honestly am feeling a bit guilty because I can't bring dogs home from Iceland. So... But I also think it's going to be nice for us because my sister and I travel a lot together for the dogs because, you know, we're obviously on the same team. So mm-hmm. um, this, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about dogs like 20, like 20, 75 percent of the time we're there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it will, it will be kind of cool to see how we exist in a place where that's not our priority right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome that you've built. How long would you say it took for you to did that type? Yeah, that's proper grammar. How long would you say it took <laughs> It took for you to build your business up to where you can actually step back? Uh, I, I can step back now, and I definitely have. In the last few months, I definitely have. Especially when I moved to Dominican, I wasn't here on the ground working. I wasn't going to events. Um, but my, our volunteers are unreal. And our, I don't have to worry as much anymore. And it's a really cool feeling. Um, I don't step back because I'm a control freak and I like love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could, I, I always say I can't, but I can. Um, but I think that only really came about about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think ha- I hadn't had a day off. So you were in the first two and a half years. Wa- weekends too? Oh yeah. Like the thing is like, I'm, I'm 
if there's a if there's a, if there's a problem, I'm the person you got to call. Yeah. So, like, the only time I went on vacation is I went to a music festival. Ooh, <laughs> and you can probably take this which out one? podcast. <laughs> I went to Shambhala in BC, and I was like, yo, I'm going to be doing a bunch of magic mushrooms. <laughs> I am not available. So that's my only vacation time is my when I go on a mushroom trip. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I get off is I'm like, you can't call me because I'm not going to be able to work my phone. Yeah, of course. I'm going to learn and grow and be on my own. And so that's my only vacation time. Would that's would that be how you fill your glass up? Is that what you need to do? Um, I mean, I definitely don't hate mushrooms, <laughs> but <laughs> I do a lot to fill my glass. I do. I dance a lot. I've taken up dancing in my own home recently. And if anyone needs to fill their glass, put on your favorite friggin' song and dance. And I have never done that before because I'm so awkward with myself. Well, I was very awkward with myself, and now I'm like, I am want to be my best friend. So I dance a lot. Um, I started doing yoga, although I hate it, but it definitely helps me fill my glass. Yeah, um, it's hard to stay healthy. still. Yes, yes, very hard. Um, I actually cry almost every yoga class I go to. Oh, my God. And I cried I, once in a yoga class. I was like, what is happening to me? Yeah, I keep saying that. Like, every time I say, talk about yoga, I'm like, I have to be honest. I'm like, yo, I cry every time I go. <laughs> and then I go to another class, and I cry again. And I'm like, oh, my God, it just doesn't stop. Is it me? <laughs> Like, sometimes I'm crying because I'm just, like, I get claustrophobic, and I'm, like, I hate this. I need to get out of here. Like, I, I get anxious. Or sometimes I'm crying because I just get emotional. And, like, I don't even know which one's worse. Like, <laughs> uh, either way, I'm crying in public, and I hate it. Um, I also really like to cuddle other people's pets that aren't my responsibility. Mm -hmm. So, because when I have a foster dog, I don't really find that I can like take a back seat from fostering like when I have a foster dog I have a lot of rules in place I'm a very strict foster because my dogs like I said usually have behavioral issues that we're working through so there's not a lot of cuddle time there's not a lot of you know what I want out of a dog in that moment so mm -hmm. when I'm at a friend's place or whatever and like they have animals I'm like give me can I have um, yeah so that's definitely something that I do um, but yeah mushrooms for, for president <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Um, do you want to hit up that question again, or do you? Uh, what do I say to people? I guess knowing, like, knowing your skill set is really, really important and makes you very powerful. Mm -hmm. And knowing your weaknesses makes you even more powerful. Um, and I had to learn very, very quickly and very in the, in the, some really hard ways what my weaknesses were. Um, and I was, you know, kind of thrown into it. I threw myself into a tornado and came out a completely different person. Um, but I was willing to admit my faults and admit, admit when I was wrong. And to this day, I, I very much believe that I am that person. Um, when I make a mistake, I will say that I made a mistake. And I, I also have a fear of lying, so maybe that's, that helps me. <laughs> um, but I just, I think that that's really important. Like, being a confident person is really great, but how false is your confidence? You know, you just, you need to be able to, uh, like, you need to have, be able to break down and ask for help and be willing to, I don't want to say fail because I don't think about failure, but I, and I don't think that you fail when you're wrong or you make a mistake, but you just have to be willing to admit that you've been there and to that place. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I don't know if that helps anyone at all, but hopefully. no, I think it's amazing. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and I know you don't like to set goals or anything, but do you have any mm -hmm. bigger plans for Save Our Scruff? 
We do. We, we definitely do. Um, we recently started a project where um, just over Christmas, we I went out with like a bunch of, of donations, mostly like 26 skids of dog food. I don't even know how much dog food that is, but it's a lot of dog food. Mm-hmm. Um, and dog beds, jackets, boots, treats, whatever. And we went to a ton of homeless shelters in Toronto and like low income housing where animals are allowed. We went to some of the um, addiction centers and um, um, what's it called? Toronto, people with AIDS foundation. And we just, whatever they needed. I was like, what do you need? I have it for you Mm -hmm. because we, we do so much work internationally. We work and and I will never stop that, but I want to help in my own backyard. I want to be able to help more around here. I think it's really important. And I want to create a sense of community within that population. And so that's something that will be bigger in the future for sure. Um, us making more of an impact in our, in, in the GTA. Um, because it was, just an amazing thing to be part of and i wish that more volunteers got to help out but because i'm such a last minute person i was like we're going out today and we're you know here's some dog food but um yeah that's definitely something that i'm going to focus on and i'm i am focusing on um for the future is yeah helping out here yeah for sure that's awesome It it gets really hard because it's really expensive to work in canada I can't just walk around vetting everyone's animals because there's laws supposedly and there's, you know, liabilities <laughs> and there's all these boundaries and limits. Whereas I can do a lot internationally that I can't do here, but that's not, that's just an excuse. You know, I've been saying that for a while now and I'm like, that's just embarrassing that you say that Laura, like get it together and, and find a way to make a bigger difference and make a change. Yeah. So that's the focus of so. 2018. Toronto, watch out. She's coming. She's coming for us. Coming for you. <laughs> um, Had your dog. No, Had your dogs. I will take them. Um, <laughs> and do you have anything else that you want to add or for people to hear? This is like for entrepreneurs. Um, I don't know. Like, get it, girl. Like, do your thing. I think, yeah, again, like, confidence goes a long way. Know yourself. Know your worth. And um, don't let fear run you although it may, and it probably does run me and I just don't want to admit it. But, mm-hmm. um, if it runs you, yeah. let it be a good thing. Yeah. Like I think fear maybe it's, is, is okay. As long as again, you can admit that you're scared or admit that there's something you can't do. Um, I'm, I'm would say I, I consider myself a very honest, genuine person. Um, and it's definitely been beneficial for the way that I live my life. So everyone else should get on that train. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um when i first started this podcast uh you were who i had in mind so i'm so Ooh, happy I yeah, yeah. Like, i just i was like save our scrap laura i'm coming for you i love that yeah you you emailed me and i was like i saw the word podcast i was like cool i'm in into it amazing yeah. well you did first not disappoint you were so amazing okay, cool. thank you thank you thank you thank you um and i'm, I'm going to, to keep it. the part about mushrooms in or <laughs> You totally can. Oh, my God. Yes. Mushrooms for a president. Keep him in there. <laughs> <laughs> Quote of the day. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. All right. Bye, dude. Bye. Bye.